Happy Easter, everyone, and welcome, and so glad you are with us on this Easter Sunday where we get to celebrate our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We just welcome Abundant Life, Clearbrook, Stephen City, and wherever you are viewing today throughout the world, we are delighted to have you with us. This is an exciting day and are so thankful for what God has done through Jesus Christ today. And so we want to just say we miss you and we know we'll be together again soon. And we pray that you are staying encouraged and that you enjoy this Easter with your families wherever you are at. And so listen, can we just take a moment today and celebrate the most important event in human history, that God sent his son Jesus to die for you and me and was raised to life again. Can we just celebrate that today wherever you're at and just thank the Lord for that truth today? And so listen, today we just come and celebrate that core value that is represented, that is represented in the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that I just pray today, if as you are listening, that you would just take this moment and be so grateful and thankful for what Jesus has done for you and for me. And I think it's a great day to take a step of faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never made that choice. Maybe you've never made that decision, but that today you would make that decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ with your whole heart. You know, the story of Easter is a story of rescue. And I heard a funny story about a ship. The ship was at sea in the Atlantic Ocean, and as the ship was moving through the ocean, a storm came up out of nowhere. And as the storm became worse and worse and the winds got stronger and the waves got higher, the captain of the ship announced to the crew members, does anyone here know how to pray? And one of the crew members says, yes, sir, I know how to pray. Wonderful. He said, I, while, the, while you're praying, the rest of us are going to get on our life jackets. We're one short. So sometimes what happens in life is you are the one that is praying. You know, this Easter morning, as we come to the fourth book in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, we come to a storm story. Jesus and the disciples have been out on the countryside in the hills of Galilee just before this event. And he's been teaching and he has been healing and the disciples have been in search of food most of the day. And Jesus said, hey, we're going to feed all these people. And this is a lot of people because it represents 5,000 men plus women and children. They found a boy who had some bread and some fish, and he multiplies that to feed what we think would be about 20,000 people. And now Jesus at this point puts the disciples in a boat and sends them across the Sea of Galilee into the city of Capernaum. And they went ahead of him as Jesus stayed back. And in this story, we're going to see the disciples head across the sea and they encounter a storm. They encounter strong winds. They encounter high waves and they are afraid. And what we're going to see is how this relates to the storms that we have even in our own lives. There are storms, you know, that we would rather go without. 
But there are storms which are absolutely inevitable in all of our lives. They are the storms of life. There are storms that approach our health. There are storms that gather over our finances, that come upon our relationships, storms that gather over our emotional health, and even our walk with God. These are the storms of life. These are storms that we probably would rather not want to go through, but every single person on planet Earth will face. We've been in the book of John since the beginning of this year, and it's been amazing because since the beginning of this year, we have planned to speak on John chapter 6, where we made it today, on the story of rescue. On the story of rescue, I think it's so amazing how God ordains these things, and God's plan is a great plan for our lives as we come. And in this world that we live in today, in this global pandemic, that we really are in a storm, but God is the answer for us inside of our storm today. And in John chapter 6 and verse 16, Jesus and his disciples are going to have an encounter. And what is going to teach us in the process of the storm is how each and every one of us are called to navigate the storms of life. Verse 16, where John writes this, it says, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. And the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, coming near the boat, and they were frightened, the Bible says. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. And then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Jesus has sent his 12 disciples by boat to Capernaum. To understand this, you know, it's better maybe to understand the topography of the Sea of Galilee. As they travel what we know today as the Golan Heights, Capernaum by the sea, John tells us that they rode three to four miles and a storm comes up. The Sea of Galilee is about 12 miles long and seven miles wide. My wife and I had the opportunity last year to be on the Sea of Galilee on a boat. And it was an amazing experience. The couple pictures that you'll see that are there is the Sea of Galilee. And we were on that. It was just an amazing opportunity to be able to experience just a little bit of what Jesus and the disciples experienced in that day. Though there wasn't a storm, it's amazing. Then afterwards, we had an amazing time eating tilapia right out of the Sea of Galilee. And then you're going to see a picture of what was left of the fish that I ate at the Sea of Galilee. It's amazing. You see what took place inside of the story. You understand a little bit as you understand the topography of the land. As the winds come off of the eastern table and the cold air replaces the moist air above the lake and causes the water to churn, it's uniquely positioned to bring up very violent storms even to this day. So the disciples, they get into the boat, they head toward Capernaum, and in the middle of the night, in the middle of the sea, a storm hits. And we see in this passage 
Jesus coming to them. And in his coming, we're going to learn two very important lessons today. Two lessons which will help you and me navigate the storms of life that are inevitable for every single one of us. The first lesson is this, the certainty of the storms. Can you say that? The certainty of the storms. The certainty of the storms that come will take place in every single one of our lives. It's not popular, but life is full of storms. And it's very important to understand that in John chapter 16 and verse 33, Jesus said this to his disciples, in this world, in this life, you will have trouble. Now, isn't that so encouraging today? I mean, really, like Jesus, did you have to remind us of that? That yes, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble in your life. And so I want to just sit there and camp for just a moment and even remind us of James chapter 1 and verse 2 today where he says this, count it all joy. Can you say the word joy? Joy, my brothers, when you meet the trials of various kinds. Wow, we're going to meet the trials of life. He said that. They're going to come and we're going to meet them. And they're not going to be friendly many times, but we have to understand that they come in various kinds and in various ways. I'm reminded of the story uh, when my wife and I and our newborn baby girl, Claire, was in Minnesota, and uh, we were in our house, and uh, there was a storm coming. And the wind started to blow, and we could hear across the TV, and we were watching it, that it was coming, and the winds were high, and they said, you can expect a tornado at any moment. So we encourage you to get to the basement of your house. And uh, let me tell you something, the wind just grew and grew and grew. And I was looking out the window and the trees kept bending and bending and bending. And if you've ever heard that in a bad storm or when a tornado is coming, it sounds like a freight train, you better believe it because that's what it sounds like. And I remember that uh, we were preparing to go downstairs and it was dark outside and the clouds were around us. And so Kristen picks up Claire and prepares to get her downstairs into the basement. And uh, she's going down there. And uh, I was just looking outside and seeing the wind and seeing it grow. And man, it was getting scary. And the wind was absolutely howling. And I remember that at one point I saw a tree out front went totally over and bent and hit the ground. And I was like, oh my goodness. And as I started to run towards the basement, the power went out, the lights went out, and I caught my foot at that moment on the baby rocker. And as I was running towards the kitchen, I caught it. It was completely pitch black. I went airborne for what seemed like eternity and land flat out like a 747. And I'm going to tell you, it hurt. And I ran then, picked myself up and ran down the stairs and we got under the stairwell and we put on bicycle helmets underneath the stairwell waiting. And it looked ridiculous, I know, but we were just waiting for this storm. For fortunately for us, there was not a tornado, but it did a lot of damage in the area. The Bible says that we're going to experience a lot of trouble. We're going we're to experience a lot of things in our lives that are, are going to be trials, and they're going to be testing. 
And we need to be prepared for them. None of us, you got to understand, get to the point where we graduate from the reality of storms, ever. Storms aren't even just one-dimensional. That they come in all these different sizes and shapes. And not only are storms a guarantee, you and I will encounter them, but we're all going to encounter some sort of storm many times throughout our lives. And here's the disciples witnessing this astounding miracle of Jesus. They get into a boat. They Just a few hours later, they're in the middle, and it's midnight, and there is a storm, which I think provokes some questions, if you will, today. They witnessed Jesus feeding the 5,000 just a few hours before that. Jesus loads them into the boat, and all of a sudden, they're in a storm. You've got to ask, how could this happen? Really? Why, why would this happen to them? They were with him all day long. We helped him look for food. We were out there looking for it. And here we found this boy who had a sack lunch. And, you know, we, we're with him. And we're his posse, you know. And, and where is he now? And we thought we were in the center of his will. How could this even take place? We were just with Jesus. Like us, you know, weeks back we hear of coronavirus was in China and then Italy as it hits Europe and then it's in America. I mean, one day we're doing so well in our lives and the next day places are closing and we can't meet any longer face to face and Restaurants close their seating areas and schools are closed and kids everywhere praise the Lord. Why parents said, help me Jesus. You know what I'm talking about, parents. Like, hey, I had a job at one moment and now I don't have a job and I've been laid off. God, we've been really good. Why is this taking place? I mean, why did you load us into the boat? People are dying. What is taking place? And if he was God and He surely knew that this was coming. He wouldn't have allowed this. He wouldn't have let this take place. I mean, have you ever been there in your life? Yes, I have. Like, Lord, you knew this was coming. And yet you still put us out there on the journey. You still pushed us out there uh, into the sea. And and you wonder, what do you think God thought? Oh, this caught me by surprise. No, I don't think so. He knew that it was coming because he knew that there was a purpose that he had in mind. And here's the thing as we walk through storms, what can begin to happen is we we start to question, why is this happening to us? What's going on? I mean, this doesn't even seem fair, Lord. Our questions turn into fears, which turn into doubts. And this is what's happening to the disciples as they're on the water. As they are in the boat and the wind starts blowing and and you think, man, it was all good and well a couple hours ago, but now and the sea starts churning and the boat is rocking and they're rowing for their life and all of a sudden their questions turn into fears and those fears had turned into doubts and the Bible says that they were terrified and they were afraid. You know, as we're in the storms of our life, do we become fearful and questions rise to the surface for sure. And and, uh, we've never been this way before. We've never had to go this way. And and we begin to doubt God's plan and and God's purpose. And we begin to doubt God's power in this moment. And we start to think that the storm we're in detracts from God's power. 
like, wow, this storm's really big. I mean, I think God must have overestimated. Things are really bad and they're not getting any better, Lord. I mean, why? And the reality of the storm is the questions that they produced, they threatened to turn fears into panic and panic into doubts and even doubting God's power. It's right now that there may be some of you today that you're doubting God's power from what you see that is taking place upon the earth. The disciples, here they are in the midst of the storm, wondering if Jesus really knows where they're at, wondering if he can see the plight that they are in. But the truth is this, and I want you to understand this today, that storms don't detract from God's power, they validate his power. The storms of life that we are going through never detract from God's power. They validate his power because Jesus, the God of the universe, simultaneously is able to send you into the storm. And yet as he sends you into the storm is able to say, I'm able to work out all things for your good. That is power. That's for sure. A.W. Tozer said this, a scared world needs a fearless church. And it is now the time for the fearless church to arise in these days and speak the truth of God's word and not be worried and not be fearful that God can allow you to walk through a storm and push you into the storm and simultaneously promise in his word he's going to work it all out for his good today. That's what the apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 where he says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Can you say good today? For good today. All things, that means there's not one scenario, not one situation, not one circumstance, or even one storm that God in his power is not able to work for your good at this moment. That storms may be certain. What is more certain is God is working right now in our lives, in our families, in our workplace, in our marriage, in your health, in your finances, in the storm that you are navigating today, that God is able and he is working. That's the character of God at work. That his word talks over and over again about his character. You know, through this pandemic that's hit the world, I've meditated on the character of God in my prayer time more than ever. Through this worldwide epidemic, more people are praying and reading God's word more than ever before. And I think that that's amazing because God hears every prayer that we are praying. And we've been praying in this 21 days of prayer and fasting that we just really believed from the beginning part of this year that we would enter into, that we know that God is moving on the face of the earth and he's moving in the heart of men and women and children and young people in our world today. And God is showing up and in incredibly big ways. God's going to turn it all out and turn it around for good. That's the power of God. In this season, we need to focus more on what does not change the character of God than what changes every single day in the news. 
that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That's the truth of God's word. In every storm, it's important, so important for us to know and to understand that there's no storm that isn't allowed by God. That he is the one that is the permission giver. And he is the one that is with us working it out for our good. You know, it's not that Jesus allowed this storm. He actually packed them up and said, here you go. Because Mark chapter 6 says he put them inside the boat and he saw them off from the shore. That he puts them in there and says, hey, you know what? Here you go and you're off. And so he puts them in that. He knows exactly what they're up against, just like he knows exactly what we're up against today, no matter the storm of our life. And he knows the questions that are going to rise to the surface even before we ask them. And he sends them straight into the storm. This is so amazing. He sends them straight into it. But he understands something, that he understands that we are going to learn some things inside of the storm that we normally wouldn't understand if we weren't in it. I want you to watch this incredible story of God's rescue today. You know, nobody ever sets out to be an addict. It just, it just kind of happens, and, and addiction doesn't discriminate. At 19, I got pregnant, and I had a little boy, and I named him Ethan. My mom and dad were divorced when I was uh, a baby. My mom remarried several times, actually five times. I had five different father figures uh, growing up. Two were abusive, verbally and physically. I had a good job at ATF for the government, and while I was working there, I was taking pain pills to get through the day. Um, Eventually, it ended up to snorting the medicine and then shooting the pain medicine. So in 2008, I found myself addicted to heroin, and I would shoot every day to get up in the mornings, to go to bed at night, to do anything. I had a needle in my arm. What started as, you know, a little bit here and there on a weekend, um, years later turned into, um, I had to have a constant supply to, to make me feel the way I wanted to feel and to function the way I wanted to function. My son, he was so young, he was, you know, four, five, six at the time, and I relied a lot on my parents to take care of him. Um, I used to say I was a responsible user because he never went know with me to go get drugs or I never used in front of him but the the truth was is I was breaking his spirit and it hurt him Uh, I was using intravenously every day and I had just about lost everything was living in a little hotel room paying by the week and uh in 2009, I got caught up in a, a sting operation. I ended up getting sentenced to six and a half years in the penitentiary with 20 years suspended. One day, uh, I was going down to the city to go get some heroin, and I got pulled over, and I had 37 bags of heroin. 
that was rock bottom to me. But in reality, at the time, it was God saving me because I was going to kill myself. They were going to send me to jail unless I went to rehab to get myself together. So I chose to go to rehab, and I was there for three months. And I got clean, and I got healthy again. And so I just poured myself into the Word and started studying and reading and praying. And I was hungry for, for, for change. I, I knew that when they opened those doors and said, Mike Pangle, you're free, I did not want to come back to that place. And I had, I had to get serious about making a change. So we met in 2010. It was the first weekend I was out of rehab, and I came to Abundant Life Church with my parents. And Mike was here. I was here with my cousin, Chad, who had invited me. Later that day, I asked Chad, I said, you know, and I said, man, why can't I find a good-looking Christian woman like that? And he laughed at me, and he said, Mike, she's probably home from college. I've never seen her before. And besides that, she's way out of your league. In March 2010, Mike was having a ministry event in Morrytown, and my mom asked me if I wanted to go. So we went together, and after the event, I talked to Mike, and he gave me his phone number. And, and I took her to Dairy Queen and got ice cream, and we've been together ever since. So we got married in December 2011. Our first year of marriage was really rough. We found ourselves back into our addiction. We were broken. We were absolutely broken. We were so confused at how all this happened and how we got wound up in all this again. And we needed, we needed a rescue. We were, we were in the biggest storm of our life. Um, God had spoken into my heart uh, uh, that we were going to have a child, and we had everything the world. But everything the world was showing us was that we weren't gonna. Um, we had four miscarriages um, before Westy's doctor told her that she just needed to get healthy and maybe we should look into other uh, options for being parents. And I just held on to the dream and the, the, the word that I had from the Lord that we were gonna have a son. And we came and we were fighting for a marriage and we were fighting for the dream of being parents. And we were fighting for our lives. And uh, it was probably the biggest storm of our life since we've been married. But God rescued us from that. God has healed my relationship with my husband. He has healed my relationship with my parents. And he has healed my relationship with my 18-year-old son. We have a five-year-old son now, a beautiful one-year-old daughter. We've been married eight years, and we ain't going nowhere until the Lord takes us home. We're Mike and Westy Pingle, and Jesus rescued us. Wow, I want to thank Mike and Westy Pangle for that amazing testimony today of God's rescue. 
They are such an amazing part of Abundant Life Church, and we are so thankful for their lives as lived as a testimony of God's saving power that no matter who you are and that no matter what you have done, God has sent his love for you and for me today. Do you realize this, that any storm you encounter, God is working through it? Do you realize that there's no scenario in your life, bad as they may be, that, that God is not able to work in? He's working through all of it. That's the truth of God's word. That Jesus, knowing what the disciples needed, he, he knew. He knew what was in their heart. And he wanted them to understand that he is a powerful God. And that this storm does not detract from his power, but it validates his power. Oh, that's amazing today. Maybe that's where God has you and has me today. That he has this world today. The winds are strong and the waves are high. And in the midst of the storm, you and I maybe have got some questions. We're wondering, why is this happening? Why weren't we given advance notice, God? I can't find where you are at, but you pushed us out from the shore. You know, and that is the questions that come to our heart and our mind. But the first thing we learn from this passage is the certainty of the storms. They didn't catch God off guard. And he intends to work them out for your good today. You know, knowledge will only take you so far. Like, yeah, knowledge is, yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen them come before. But that knowledge alone will not serve as a strong foundation for you to pass through the storm without being shaken, without being thrown off course this morning. And Jesus, knowing this, he understood this. He moves to teach the disciples and every one of us something to allow us to navigate and process the storms of life without being shaken. And second, the second lesson is the promise of his presence. Can you say that? The promise of his presence. If you go back and look at verses 19 through 21, it says, when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. And then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at land to which they were going. Listen, when you feel like there is no hope and the storm is too big, he knows what you need at that moment. Jesus doesn't want them to miss it, and he doesn't want us to miss it today. Jesus comes walking on the water to make that point. In the storm, their lives are in danger. They had the miracle bread a few hours before. Now they're rowing into the storm, and it's brewing above them, and they're saying, we're in trouble now. And yes, at that point, you got to understand, they've probably forgotten the miracle bread story. And they're thinking, we're going to die. And their lives are in danger and the stakes are raised. And what does Jesus say? It is I. Do not be afraid. He just walk up to them and say, hello. He said, it's I. And the disciples recognize the gravity of what Jesus is declaring in that moment because they know the Old Testament. They've heard those stories. They knew the story of the children of Israel 
being in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. And Moses is a shepherd and he's leading the sheep through the wilderness of Midian. And as he comes to the base of a mountain, he sees a bush that is on fire. And out of the bush, God begins to speak to him. And God says that he has seen the plight of his people. He's going to deliver them. And it's as if he points at Moses and says, and you're the guy that's going to take it through. And you're the guy that is going to lead them through this. And I'm going to use you. And you're going to go to Pharaoh. And you're going to say, let my people go. And they're going to go, Moses, and they're going to go. They're going to, it's going to take place. And Moses, you know, he's wondering at this point, well, who am I to go to Pharaoh? To bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, who am I? You know, you see this inside of the story. God says that, but I will be with you. I will be right with you as you travel through. You will bring them out. And Moses is asking the people, if the people ask who sent you, well, you know, what is his name? Who is the person that told you to do this? What's your calling card? Who are you? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. Understand, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. The New Testament is written in Greek. And when God says, I am, the Greek translation is ego, ami. Now Jesus comes walking to his disciples on the water and says, it is I. Do not be afraid. And the images of Exodus come back into their mind. And he parted the waters and Psalms. The psalmist writes this in Psalm 77, 19. It says, your way was through the sea and your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. Wow. It's amazing. The psalmist records what took place. Yes, you helped us pass through, but your footprints were were unseen. God, you were there with us all along, every step of the way. Isn't it amazing that Moses walked through the dry ground through the water and Jesus walked on top of the water, which tells you that Jesus is absolutely in control of everything today. That we can understand that he is absolutely in the storm no matter what storm you are at. That sickness today, he is there with you. In the disease that you're in today, he is with you. In your substance abuse today, that he is with you. And that the lies of the enemy, no matter how dark they are or how dire your circumstances are, when the God of the universe steps into your boat, everything is going to be all right. God is saying, I am enough and I am all you need today. And I don't know about you, but I'm like, Jesus, get inside of my boat right now. Like, I welcome you to come even right now. Rescue me, Lord, from my sin. Set me free, God, from the things that I keep believing about myself that are wrong and that are the lies of the enemy. It's like, Jesus, get in my boat today. You know, when it's you going through the storm, it's different, isn't it? It's minor surgery for you, but it's major surgery for me. Everything is amplified when you're in the storm. You feel like you're alone. 
And Jesus comes walking on the water to say, listen, you are not alone. That's not true. That if God is in your boat today, you're going to be okay. And we have to realize that God is absolutely in, in control. See, the person holding the remote has the control. How about you in your house? Oh, yeah, we know that. The person who has the remote control is the person that is in control. God is the one that is absolutely in control today. You just need to let go of control. So even if the winds of a virus or cancer are blowing against the shore of your life or the storm is brewing inside of you with your teenager, the clouds may be gathering over your finances. You need to know this. Even if you're losing your job today, you're never alone. Because if you know God, he's in your boat. And he comes to let you know that he is with you today. Jesus gets in their boat and they immediately reach their destination. It's amazing. When Jesus gets in the boat, they immediately get to where they are headed. He can bring the storm to a conclusion immediately. Now, even though the future looks uncertain, we can be confident that God is in control today. I love what Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. And on this Easter, I hope you read this passage of Scripture and you get it in you. For it says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Wow, this is the greatest rescue of all time. It is the rescue of humanity on this Easter Sunday that I hope you realize that God reached down to us in our hopeless, sinful condition and rescued us and pulled us out of darkness so that we can be free in Jesus' name today. You know what? God's promise is, as his children, you will never go it alone. Because why? The proximity of Jesus changes everything for us today. It is I. Do not be afraid. I love the great pastor and author, Dr. Tony Evans, who wrote this. He said, a couple years ago, we took a cruise to Alaska with some of our ministry supporters. And on our way back, a storm broke out. And this was the worst storm at the time Royal Caribbean had ever had. The waves hit 50 feet high. Plates were flying. Pianos were rolling, he said. People were throwing up, and it was a messy situation. People were screaming all over the boat. And he said, my wife became evangelically ticked off. She picked up the phone and said, may I speak to the captain, please? And they said, ma'am, the captain's on the bridge. He can't talk to anybody right now in light of the storm. And she said, would you please tell him I'm very upset that he would put us through this and he could have avoided this storm. He knew that it was coming. And, and I just want it on the record that I'm thoroughly upset about this. And he said, I will relay this to the captain, ma'am. A few minutes later, the phone rang in their cabin and it was assistant 
to the captain. He said, ma'am, we've just received your message. It was relayed to the captain. He asked me to call and relay two things to you. First of all, lady, go to sleep because the captain is going to stay up and there's no need in both of you staying awake. The second thing was this. The ship was built with this storm in mind. Long before we ever hit this storm, we knew that this day would come. We knew there would be a day when we would face nature at its most vicious level. See, way back when they put the boat together, we contemplated this moment. And this boat was structured in a way that on whatever day this storm came, while it would be inconvenient and that it would be irritating and it would be aggravating, while it would be traumatic to go through what you need to know in all of this that it was considered when it was being constructed. So while the storm is bad, the boat is better. I don't know what storm you're in today. You're either just coming out of one, you're either just going in one, or one is just around the corner. I do know that. But this Savior... Jesus, our rescuer, today on Easter was built with this storm in mind. He is your foundation, which involves the truth of God applied to the reality of our daily walk in Jesus. And so today, no matter what storm you're in, you don't have to fear a thing because we realize Jesus' statement of himself in John chapter 11 and verse 35. Jesus said of himself, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. That today, the cross changes everything in our lives. The cross is empty. The tomb is empty. The cross is an exchange from death to life. And we go from captivity to freedom. We go from weakness to strength. And so today, if you've never made Jesus your rescuer, I pray that you would do it today in the midst of the storm that you are in. That it's very easy to understand why we need a Savior. It's because every single one of us have a past things that we all have done that we wish we could change but we can't go back and change them but also the fact is today that every single one of us needed a savior and his name is Jesus would you take a moment today to accept the Lord Jesus into your life even as we close our eyes and we bow our heads to pray Will you join me in prayer? Father, I am so thankful for your word today that, yes, promises us that there is the certainty of the storms of life, that they will come, and you've told us to expect trouble, that, Lord, we see storms of our lives that are happening and a storm in the world that we live in today, none of which has ever caught you off guard. 
But Lord, we're also reminded today of the certainty of your presence. So just as it's certain there is a storm, what is more certain is your presence, that we are not alone today. And so, Lord, I pray for every single person that is tuning in today, that is watching God in their home, their workplace, in their car, or wherever it may be, that, Lord, they are not alone today. That, Lord, they may have loneliness that has enveloped their heart, but, God, they are not alone today because your presence is with them. And, Father God, you were with them in the storms of their life, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a loss of job, whether it's a loss of relationship today, that, God, you are speaking very clearly to us and into this world today that you are our rescuer and you are our Savior And for every single person that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That we will take this moment today and give our lives to you. You will for surely save us from our sins and save us for eternity in heaven with you. And so, Lord, thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy today on this Easter Sunday that we are no longer slaves, but we are free. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Today, I want to encourage you for every person that has prayed that prayer of forgiveness, would you make that known to somebody that is around you or near you or a member of our church staff today? We pray God's richest blessing on you today that you would have a happy Easter. And listen, before we go, would you join us and our worship team as we sing together and you, we are reminded together that there's nothing that our God can't do in Jesus' name.